Okay, thank you, Charles and Barbara. Thank you very much. That was a blessing, wasn't it? Great truths in that. Beautiful song. All right, let's turn to Psalm 107. Psalm 107 is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord together tonight. It was a blessing this morning, wasn't it? Uh, to uh, hear from uh, Brother Michael uh, preaching and also the testimony of that man that helps in, uh, uh, or oh, what was it called? Every man's group. And that's uh, a blessing that we know that there's somebody there reaching out to the army personnel and when they get opportunities, share the gospel. So what a blessing that is. Okay, Psalm 107, we've had the reading. Uh, we'll be looking at more of the psalm, but let's just have a word of prayer. I was uh, just heard this morning uh, that Laurel was with Paul. I didn't realise she was going, but um, that's a blessing that she's been able to go with Paul on this trip. And uh, her dad said to me this morning that she's thoroughly enjoying it and, and so glad that she could go. So uh, let's pray for Laurel tonight. Um, as we think of, we thank the Lord for Trish uh, and her testimony amongst us, but uh, you know Laurel is extremely ill in herself and, uh, and uh, just, I'm just grateful, glad that she's able to go with Paul. And so let's pray for her tonight specifically, but as you think of others that are sick, um, pray for them in your heart as well. Heavenly Father, we just thank you as we gather together again for the memory of Trish and for her time with us and and uh, Lord we thank you that she's rejoicing in your presence now and and free from pain and and sorrow forevermore we think of Laurel tonight we thank you that she's been able to go with Paul and uh, to Thailand and to India and and we just pray that you would strengthen her strengthen her in her body uh, in her, her emotions and mind and as well. And uh, Lord, just, just continue to enable her to be with him and, and to enjoy the time and to be able to minister as she can. And so we just commit her to you. And we do think of her ongoing, her sickness, her, her problems. We just pray that you would, you would give grace and you would give enabling. And uh, Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you for others that are sick and just want to commit them to you. We don't thank you that they are sick, but we thank you for them and we just commit them to you in our hearts now tonight. Lord, guide us as we look at your word. We thank you for it. Thank you that it's a living book and it's alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword and uh, speaks to our hearts. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I've entitled the, the message tonight, uh, if you want, Goodness and Mercy. Goodness and Mercy, all right? Um, in this, this, um, this passage here, goodness and mercy is mentioned quite a few times. Verse 1, it says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. You see good there. God is good. And uh, he's always good, isn't he? Whether we feel like it or whether we don't, he's always good. And he always does good, even if it seems to be a battle 
raging around us and whatever the circumstances of our life are. Did you notice this week that uh, in America, uh, I mean, we have bushfires. We have tragic, you know, tragic events in our country, but California's got awful bushfires at the moment. Quite a few have died. Thousands of houses have been burnt. And you sort of scratch your head and sort of try and make, make sense of things like that, don't you? You know, and, and the tragedy of it. But I want us to see tonight that even through that, God is good. And he uses things like that to bring us to himself. And, uh, you know, just this week in New South Wales, did you notice in somewhere in New South Wales that hailstones as big as nine centimetres across? That's big, isn't it? I'm glad you didn't have that up the farm, Phil. You know, nine centimetres across, if you were were out in it and you got it in the noggin, mate, might not have got up. (laughs) You know, life-threatening, they called it. And they said on the news, oh, Mother Nature's showing off. Well, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, in the tribulation, it talks about hailstones as big as a talent. And how big's that? You know, 50 kilos. 40, 50 kilos. Imagine that hitting your noggin. Like, you probably won't, you won't get up. And the scriptures tell us that still men blaspheme God and curse him instead of turning to him. I want us to see tonight that God is good. And in his mercy, he might use hailstones to get our attention and to draw us back to himself. Goodness and mercy tonight. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. It goes on then and it speaks about probably an occasion in Israel. These, uh, this psalm, we don't know who the, who the psalmist was. It's unknown. But it was probably written about the time of one of the captivities, maybe the captivity of Babylon as they were coming back to Israel and and it speaks there about being gathered from out of from the uh, from uh, out of the lands from the east from the west from the north and from the south they wandered in a solitary way in the wilderness they found no city to dwell in hungry and thirsty their soul fainted in them and then they cried unto the lord and you see a pattern through this uh, psalm of tragedy and then cry, people crying out to the lord and the lord saving them or hearing them. In verse 6, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation, probably talking about Jerusalem there. And then the phrase or the, the, the stanza, the verse, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. The psalmist sort of cries out, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And his wonderful works to the children of men. And that that, that cycle is repeated over again then from verse 9 onwards. Speaking about those that sit in darkness, probably prison or something like that. Or or affliction of some sort. Being bound in verse 10 in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God. 
and contemned the counsel of the Most High. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord. A bit like verse, I don't know what, what it was now, six back there. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness. Oh, we've seen that before. The Lord's done that in the last section. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, he says, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, God in his goodness allows disaster at times to shake us up, to get our attention, to sort of pull us back, to open our eyes and say, oh Lord, you are good, I'm sorry, I've gone my own way. Bring me back to you. And he does in his mercy, his mercy. I want to show you before we sort of look at the next sections. Go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For he is good. The word good there is the word toby. Tobi, T-O-B-E in the, in the, uh, sorry, in the Hebrew. And uh, it, it means, it means, well, it means good. <laughs> God is good. And it, and it simply means that, you know, you can, we could alliterate it on it and sort of say beautiful, you know, the best, better, bountiful, cheerful, at ease or to be in favour, uh, fine, glad, kindness, pleasure, precious, prosperity, all those sorts of words talk about that goodness of God there. And, uh, and then mercy, for his mercy in that verse endureth forever. And the word mercy is the word chesed. Chesed in the, the Hebrew, and guess what it means? Kindness, beauty, favour, good deed, kindly, loving kindness, merciful, kindness, mercy, pity. Very similar, isn't it? Very similar. An amazing thing is that when you look at the, the verses that cry out, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his Goodness, it says goodness there, the word goodness comes from the same word that mercy comes from in verse 1. Interesting, isn't it? So we could say, without stretching it, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy in verse 8. And in verse 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy. It's the same word. Exactly the same word. Verse 21, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy. Verse 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Isn't it wonderful? Goodness and mercy. I think they're twins. You know, I think they go together. I think they're very similar. I think they, I think they give us the same idea. And uh, I think the Lord has done that for us, you know. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. The next section talks about, oh, malady or, or just plain sin in verse uh, uh, 16, 17. Fools, because of their transgression, because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then... 
You know, they're in the pits, they're in the mess, they're in the mire, in the mud. They finally realise, hang on, this is for a reason. And they cry, verse 19, unto the Lord in their trouble and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word. Oh, isn't he merciful? He's merciful. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Our sin, folks, leads us, lead us, leads us to destruction. Our sin leads us to destruction. Brother Michael mentioned the next section, didn't he, this morning? In verse 23, They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Sounds like the disciples, doesn't it? On the Sea of Galilee, on the night that Jesus was asleep in the boat. Oh, God's asleep. He's not good anymore. But he's always good, folks. He's always mercy, merciful. He allows storms to sort of grab hold of us, to shake us and to realise our inadequacy without him, our mess without him however you want to look at it. Then, verse 28, they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. Reminds me of John Newton. You know, John Newton became a slave trader. John Newton was raised on his mother's knee to know the Lord, taught the scriptures and memorised much of the scriptures, but his mother died, I think, when he was about seven. And he went off into a life of debauchery and and became a slave trader, commanded his own ship, trading slaves from Africa or people from Africa. And, uh, but God got a hold of John Newton one night on a ship, nearly wrecked the ship, but it got hold of John Newton's heart as he was in the wheelhouse holding the wheel and he just cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me, I'm a sinner. If you would save me, I'll serve you. Well, he did. The Lord saved John Newton, not only from the storm, but saved his soul. And he became a great preacher after that. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy, for his goodness, and his wonderful works to the children of men. I want you to come with me now. I've got a few scriptures. Come with me to Romans. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. I'm not sure that we'll come back to, uh, to uh, uh, Psalm 107. But I just want to give you a few scriptures and a few thoughts and then just something to chew on this week. And, uh, but Romans 2 and verse 2. or Well, let's start from verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Sounds like us all the time, doesn't it, you know? We're quick to see others' faults, but don't see our own. And we can see everybody else's issues and sins, but very hard for us to see our own at times. But we are sure... That the judgment of God, you know, our judgment is clouded and uh, sin seems to sear us 
from judging properly, judging our, ourselves and, and even judging others. And, uh, but verse 2 is wonderful. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Oh, folks, never forget that. Remember we've read back there in Psalm 107, God is good and his mercy endureth forever. God is good. Always remember that. Always remember that. And here we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. God sees the whole picture and he knows the truth, you know. We, we, we just, we don't. We don't see the whole lot. And so we judge according to our own cogitations and our own sight instead of all the truth. But we are sure that the judgment, Paul is saying, of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? <laughs> God's day is coming. And, uh, you know, we, we think that we're going to get away with it. We think that we can see the whole picture and we can judge each other, you know, we can work it out. Do you think you'll escape the judgment of God? No, simply no. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing, and this is where I'm getting to, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It may be a good thing that God drops nine-centimetre hailstones in front of you. It may be a good thing that a wildfire goes past your house or a bushfire, we call it, wildfire in America, bushfire here. It may be a good thing that a tragedy happens in our lives. Why? Because God is using it to get our attention and his goodness will lead us to repentance. It's a good thing. It can be a good thing. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Oh, folks, don't despise the goodness of God. I want to show you a couple of more things. You know, and, and it goes on and says, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, and impenitent just means unrepentant. You know, in our natural state, in ourselves, we don't want to repent. We don't want to acknowledge God. We don't want to acknowledge that we've, up, that we've sinned against him. We don't want to acknowledge that I'm on the wrong track. Even as a child of God, I'm saved now. But folks, there's days when I, I'm just simply on the wrong track. And if you're honest, you, you know there's days when you're simply on the wrong track. You're saved, yes. You know the Lord is your saviour. But you just do wrong. Paul talks about it, doesn't he, in Romans 7. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, you know. I want to do right, but I just, I don't, you know. I'm in this flesh and I just, I just sin still. Brother Charles, you know, Charles spoke about the war raging within us, you know. It still rages, folks. 
God in his goodness might drop a bomb in front of us, say, son, you're on the wrong track. In his goodness, he might hook out, he might reach out with the, like the shepherd's crook and grab us by the leg, you know. David said in Psalm 23, you know, uh, his, his, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The staff is used, you know. David acknowledged that, you know, he needed the Lord. He, he, he must walk with the Lord, but there was times he said the Lord just had to use his rod on me and his staff to get my attention again. And as a shepherd, you know, a shepherd will even use stones. David was skilled at slinging stones. And he could, that's how he, he was so skilled that he could take on Goliath. He knew exactly how to lob a stone. He had a, a, a sling in his bag and he'd pull it out with a stone. And if a sheep was too far away to use the crook or the rod, he'd sling a stone and drop it right in front of its nose. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I get the message and the sheep would back back and come back closer to the shepherd, you know. David knew. And the Lord's saying here to us, you know, don't have a hard heart. But after thy hardness and impenitent, unrepentant is what it means, heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to... Every man according to his deeds. Every man. That's us. Every man. That's not just the, the unsaved. It's every man according to his deeds. I know there's different judgments, and I'm not talking about different judgments for the saved and for the lost tonight, but simply even as a child of God, we can treasure up wrath, God's wrath unto ourselves. Oh, we don't lose our salvation but we lose the rewards, we lose blessings. We can, we can, we could die early, in you know, because of God can take us early. He talks about that in one Corinthians eleven. You know, some had died in Corinth because they'd willfully walked in sin and disobeyed Him and took the Lord's supper unworthily and said they've they've died. I I know of people that well, you'd sort of have to wonder. I know preachers that were preachers, good preachers. And then they've sinned, willfully sinned and gone off. A few short years and they've died of cancer. Well, was that, was that just natural or did God allow that, you know? They died young. I'm not naming anybody to you tonight, but brethren, I believe as a child of God, I can treasure up wrath under myself. God's wrath. But God in his goodness wants me to repent. When it, every time it's necessary. Daily, if necessary. Minutely, if you like, if necessary. God is good. The goodness of God, in verse 4, leadeth thee to repentance. Oh, brethren, let's not be hard and impenitent and treasure up wrath unto ourselves against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You know, it talks in Corinthians about, about uh, being saved, yet so is by fire. If we've built on the foundation gold, 
silver, precious stones, it'll last because it'll pass through the fire. But if we're built with wood, hay, stubble, oh, wrath will burn that stuff, won't it? You know, wood, hay, stubble, it's good stuff to burn, but it's not good stuff to keep. Just ash, that's all that's left. Blow away on the wind. Best it's good for is a bit of fertiliser under the banana tree. Oh, folks, we don't want to build with wood, hay, stubble. Our lives don't want to be like that. Oh, Lord, protect us from that. All right, I want us to go to uh, uh, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, David knew the Lord. David knew the Lord as his shepherd. And uh, he knew that, you know, God needed to use the rod and the staff sometimes in his life to bring him back to himself. But the goodness of God led David to repentance, didn't it? He didn't just let him keep going, you know, when he did wrong. I want you to come with me to Psalm 78, Psalm 78. I'm getting to a point, you know, David, we know, sinned, didn't he? He sinned grievously. He was a child. He he knew the Lord. You know, he knew the Lord as his shepherd, but he willfully went astray a couple of times. In Psalm 78 and verse 70, it it talks about David here and it says, He chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them. By the skillfulness of his hands. There's a lot in these couple of verses, but I just want to point out a couple of things to you. You know, God chose David to lead his people Israel. It says that here, doesn't it? God chose him from the sheepfolds or from following his father's sheep at a very young age. About 17, we believe. About the age of, you know, some of our boys here. And he chose him. And it says that he, he, from following the ewes, great with young. I thought the shepherd walked in front of the sheep, you know, and called and just spoke and they followed him. 
Well, that's true. They do that. But there's often times when a shepherd follows the sheep as well. It says it that here very clearly to us, doesn't it? That David followed the ewes, great with young. And he learnt much, you know, from following the sheep, following his father's sheep and, and also leading his father's sheep. And, and he learnt much about them and, and about himself. And he learnt much about leading people. And, and he put it into practice later on. Scriptures tell us that. It says, so he fed them, he fed Israel according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. It's a skillful thing to handle a mob of sheep. It's even more skillful thing to handle a mob of people. And David's training ground was with the sheep. He learnt to call them but he also learnt to follow them. And goodness and mercy we've seen tonight uh, can lead. Back in Romans 2, it says, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, right? Leads. But in Psalm 23, we see that surely goodness and mercy, and we've seen that they're twins, they're very close together. They sort of mean so much the same thing, they overlap. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So goodness can lead and goodness can follow. and does. God says it, shows us that. He does. He, he leads, but he also follows. And in following, he's guiding all along the way. David knew this. You know, he, he knew it with the sheep and he knew it with the people, but he also knew that he didn't always get it right. David got it wrong at times. David sinned with Bathsheba, made a terrible mess, tried to walk his own walk for about a year until Gad, or Gad the prophet came along, and, or Nathan, Nathan the prophet, sorry, came along and told him the story about the man that had stolen the other man's, you know, one lamb. And David's wrath rose in him, you know, his, his judgment. You know, judgment like there in, in Romans 2, judged another quickly and, and Nathan quickly pointed to him and said, thou art the man. You're quick to judge him, David, but it's actually you, you know. Oh, David was smitten. The goodness of God led him to repentance and he repented. Psalm 51 talks all about that repentance and how he cried out to the Lord to forgive him and get him back on track. And uh, he did right, you know. God used his staff. God used his rod on David. God probably dropped a jolly rock right in front of him and said, David, get right. And he did. Praise God. But there was a big cost along the way, wasn't there? There was a massive cost in his own family. He lost four of his boys. And I'm not going to go into all that, but I want you to come with me to a, a Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Another occasion 
This is David. We're talking about David, the king, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the one who was taken from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, great with young. He knew what it was to look after sheep. He knew what it was to guide people. And he did it with the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hands. But he still made mistakes. He still made mistakes. And in in 2 Samuel 24, David was uh, moved to number the children of Israel. And for some reason, which God doesn't give us clear, you know, clear insight as to exactly why it was, but God was displeased. I think it was probably pride in David's heart of, wanting to know the number of Israel, wanting to know the, the number of people that he had. And uh, I think probably it was just simply pride in him. And Joab knew that it wasn't good, but he went ahead and, and, and began to number the people anyway for David. And, and, uh, and he came back and, and then Gad was sent this time to David. And Gad said, David, this is wrong. And we won't read all the stories, but all the story. But he gave him three choices of uh, you know punishment for him, and but the punishment affected the people, not just David. And he chose three uh, three days of pestilence. I think it was, wasn't it? Wilt thou flee before thine enemies, or that there shall be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. At the end of verse 13, David said unto Gad, I'm in, a, I'm in a mess. I made a full mistake. Oh, Lord, forgive us. But the Lord wasn't going to take away the retribution that quickly. And David said, let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. Let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. 70,000 died from David's decision, just one decision, to number the people. Oh, you sort of, how do you wrap your head around that? That's hard, isn't it? That's hard. Look at David's response. In verse 17, David spoke unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people and said, Lo, I have sinned. I have done wickedly. But these sheep, talking of the people, you know, the 70,000, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. That really showed David's heart, didn't it? I don't think his dad would have been too happy with that, you know. But he was prepared to take the punishment himself and his whole family. Pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. We won't go on and look at it, but it's repeated. That story is repeated in 1 Chronicles 21, if you want to go and look there. 1 Chronicles 21. 
And verse 17 again is the verse where David cries out and says, Oh, I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? So David acknowledges the Lord, doesn't he? The goodness of God led David to repentance. Gave him another go. Brethren, the goodness of God leads you and I to repentance too. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David knew that even though he had sinned those times grievously, he said, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He didn't trust in his own goodness, his own uh, merit, his own abilities, his own, uh, you know, whatever you call, what, what do you call it? Uh, his own sort of uh, path, his own abil- doings, for want of a better word. He trusted in the Lord. And folks, you and I, must do the same. I just finish off. Actually, let's go to Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3. I'll just give you these verses and uh, then we'll finish. Lamentations 3, just talking about the, the mercies of God again. Lamentations after Jeremiah. The end of Jeremiah. Ooh, I can't even find it myself. Here we go. Lamentations chapter 3. I love this passage here, verse 22, Lamentations 3.22. This is is the heart of a prophet who had just, you know, he pronounced the judgment upon Israel just before they went into Babylon and they they went into Babylon and, and, uh, and and Jeremiah just laments the state of Jerusalem. Jerusalem's just raised to the ground and just an absolute mess and and, uh, but in the midst of all his lamentations, Jeremiah cries out in verse 22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. And I just finish off by saying, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that young men, now, before you get old, now, praise the Lord for his goodness. Young women, now, praise the Lord for his goodness and his mighty works to the children of men. Don't wait till you're old. Don't wait till you're you know, this old, before you acknowledge the Lord and just every day praise the Lord for his goodness and his mighty works to you. Praise him every day. Praise him when you feel like it and when you don't especially. 
praise him. Glory in him. Whether he lobs a, you know, a 50 kilogram hailstone in front of you or whether he hooks you by the leg somehow. Praise him. Acknowledge him in everything in your life. Acknowledge him. Oh, that men, boys and girls, women, all of us would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, let's do it every day. Let's do it on our way to work in the morning. Oh, there's many a morning I don't want to go to work, just like you. I'd struggle, you know, get up and you're just groggy and, and you get in the car and it's just automatum sort of thing. And I say, Lord, this is not good. Help me to rejoice in you today. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm in the Lord. I've got everything to rejoice about. Goodness and mercy is following me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord one day. Forever. Good. Forever. That's forever. You know, we're locked into our little thinking now. You know, I've got today. I've got tomorrow. I've got perhaps a year. I've got 10 years if the Lord gives me 70 years. Whoopee, that's not much, is it? But then I have forever, 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 forever in the presence of God. Forever. It'll make the day that I sort of struggle to get out of bed and struggle to get to work seem like just absolute fairy floss, won't it, when I get there? Oh, Lord, help me to praise you and glorify you today and not give up no matter what. Oh, Lord, help me to repent today if I need to repent because I've done something wrong yesterday or I'm doing something wrong this morning. Lord, forgive me. The goodness of God leadeth me to repentance. The goodness of God leads me to repentance. Oh, that I might praise the Lord for his goodness and his mighty works the children of men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us. Help us this week to just rejoice in your goodness to us. Rejoice. Rejoice again. Repent where we need to and rejoice again. Go on in our faith. Grow in our faith. Oh, Lord, we just want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.